is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy. I'm your host this week. So I thought I'm going to do a show just in time for Christmas gift idea. That's not what it's called. I think I've actually called the show That's a Wrap. But um, I'm talking more about with things with a Z. So as you know, I always review something cool. Um, I had an opportunity to, recall, to review something super cool that could just be a perfect little gift for the undecided for Christmas um, and maybe even as a stocking stuff or something like that. So let's get into it. Let's bring up the screen and uh, go into things with a Z. So what are we talking about this week? Well, I got to play with the Thomson A23 mini drone. I'm just going to call that the Thomson from now on, I think. So T-O-M-Z-O-N A23 mini drone. Uh, well, there it is. Um, there's a little guy over there. So, um, basically, if you've never flown a drone, then this is probably a great way to dip your toes into this world. The Thompson's an indoor-friendly. In fact, I'd probably say it's best to fly it indoors um, due to the size. Uh, as I said, if you're watching the show, you'll see I held it up. I'm trying to talk in centimeters now. You're probably looking at about, I don't know, eight centimeters, maybe 10 centimeters. Um, no idea what that is in inches. Sorry, Americans. Um, so, you know, if you're outdoors with, although you could definitely fly it outdoors, wind might become an issue, um, which might just destabilize the drone a little bit. So designed for indoors, perfect for indoors. Um, besides you can't terrorize your kids or your pets or a sleeping spouse outside, uh, unless you're by the pool, I suppose. So let's unpack this mini drone a little bit more. Now it's, Four propellers with this glorious gamer RGB lighting with whizzing fans, and it's super agile. Um, I, I probably had most people at RGB. I know when I showed my son when we were playing with it earlier on, um, it lit up in gamers RGB. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Look at the lights. Like, don't worry about the fact that there's this awesome little thing flying. I was like, look at the lights. I think, given that it's Christmas time, the lights, uh, if you don't have a Christmas tree, you could just maybe hover your drone. And then you had all these little lights flicking on and off. So it would be like having a Christmas tree. But go and get a Christmas tree. Anyway, so um, what makes it really an easy entry into drones or, or super fun even if you're an experienced pilot, I suppose. And Alon, if you're watching the show, um, definitely something you need to take for a, for a while compared to your pro drones that you've got. Um, the remote control. So it comes with a remote control that kind of looks like an Xbox controller. Or PlayStation controller. It's, in fact, I think it's even bigger than the drone. Um, and it's got all the toggles that you expect and the buttons and everything else, right? So your left toggle is up and down, um, so height and rotation. So when you're in a hover mode, you can rotate 360. And then your right, right toggle is forward and backwards. So it dips the drone forward or pulls the drone backwards. So pretty intuitive, pretty easy to do. You know, you just got to get the dexterity right. Just a little note, um, there's a light on the drone for a reason. There's a red light at the back of the drone. Um, that's so you can see the back of the drone because if you can see the red light, then right is right and left is left. If you can't see the red light, then left is right and right is left, right, left. So that's something that always takes getting used to with drones. Um, and just as a note, just as a, a, a little segue from here, if you are flying a big drone, either watch the drone or watch the camera. Don't try and do both. So if you're watching through the camera, it becomes quite intuitive because you can see where you want to go. And if you're watching the drone, then same thing, looking at lights, the green and the red lights in the front and the back, you'll know which is which. 
Um, there are pre-built function buttons uh, on this remote control as well. So they put the drone into like this circle pattern, just does this big circle that goes around, um, and also then puts it into rotation pattern as well. So it just sits there and goes, like there's this like really fast, something I can do it, right? Um, so that was pretty cool. Now, um, this was the best for teasing my cats. Okay, no cats were hurt in making the show. Just want to put that out there before I get uh, all the little Karens on the line. Uh, but watching him try, trying to track it while it's fed around and around, like, you got this. And he's, he's a Scottish fold. So his like, little ears even popped up as well. Um, so he, it was just such fun. Like, you, I hovered it just above him so where I knew he wouldn't be able to claw at it or get at it, but just low enough to intrigue him still. And he was just sitting there. I think Kate actually shot a video of it. I must find the video and maybe include in the post as well. Um, but yeah, no cats were hurt making this. And then there's also a flip button. So the Thompson does like a kind of roll over flippers. I know I can describe for people that are not watching um, the show when I'm doing my hands at the moment. But if you picture the drone in hover mode and you hit the button and pull the joystick, it flicks over like it does a like, like a cartwheel, I suppose. Um, it's super impressive. Like it looks like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. I just pushed a button and hit a toggle. Um, and then it also does a... Um, well, you can do it both directions. And I, I talked about the circle flying and the rotation. So there's some nice little tricks that it can do as well. So it's pretty impressive once you've got the feel of it. Um, now, it comes with two batteries in the box. Um, I got about seven minutes-ish on each. I didn't really sit there and time it. Um, looking at the marketing material on uh, online for the Toms, and it says about 18 minutes. So... That would make sense, right? I would say you're probably going to get between 15 to 20 minutes of play, and that's going to depend on what you do. Um, you know, it depends on how fast you fly the drone, how many flicks do you do on the drone, um, and so on and so on. If you were, you know, if you um, making it go super fast and flicking at that, you're obviously going to diminish battery life. That, that just goes without saying. But uh, it's a quick swap. You bring the drone down. Um, you clip out. Well, again, for those that are watching, um, there's just a little little button over there, and you just click out this little piece. This piece here is the battery. Put the other one in, and boom, off you go. So it, it doesn't really detract from the fun. Uh, speaking of uh, taking out the battery and landing and so on, it has an auto takeoff and landing button. So this also makes the drone less intimidating for those that have never flown um, a drone before because that's the hard part. You can actually do you can do throw to fly as well. So what that means is you can take the drone in your hand, Throw it up in there. Please make sure it's on when you do this uh, and the remote is on and paired. That might seem obvious, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be people out there that just throw the drone and then nothing happens. Um, I definitely saw some videos of that when the, with the big Mavericks in the past where people have thrown it but haven't actually connected the drone, so nothing happens. Um, I'm a big fan of the auto takeoff and landing button. There's a little button right there by your thumb on your, your left-hand side. You just push the button, drone hovers up and push it down, it it lands itself. So that just takes that stress out because that is actually probably one of the hard parts of flying a drone is taking it up and bringing it back down again. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it also auto hovers with its headless function. So it just, it just sits there. If you're not doing anything with the controls, it's just going to auto hover for you. So again, it's not like your drone's going to start flying away and you know, you're in trouble. 
this is a nice feature then i think also for younger pilots um you know i don't know if there's an age well i'm going to assume there's an age limit on it it's not something i ever look at people that watch my show are generally adults but for your your younger kids you know i'm not advocating you give it to your three-year-old but you could probably have some fun with a five or six-year-old uh, just sitting with them and watching them the fact that they can make it take up and land alone would probably be cool and then just show them little trick buttons that puts it into a spin or a circle so they kind of feel like they're flying but they might not be flying um but yeah so um on that note especially for parents or people that are concerned like with pets like when i was flying around the pets the propellers are inside a guard if you look again i'll hold it up there like there's a little round circle so the props are inside there you're not going to be able to catch your fingers you're not going to be able to catch curtains or wires or anything like that inside here um it, it's really well thought out um yeah so uh no exposed blades uh even if you crash into a wall you're going to hit this round black plastic piece first please try not crash into a wall not generally that's not good for anything but you're not going to damage anything you're going to break the blades there were two i think extra blades uh in the little box as well so that if for some reason you do break a blade on the note and this applies to all drones um the propellers or blades actually are different shapes it's to help it go forward and backwards so just check carefully on the markings that if you do need to change a, a blade that you put the right one on like yourself change blades around and see what happens um anyway so that's kind of finishes up my review i mean it's a, it's the kind of toy you want to show right and i don't have videos of me flying drones around and not everyone watches the show they listen to the show so for the interest of a podcast um in australia the thompson mini drone is exclusively available at uh, jb hi-fi um i think and it's Last time I checked, if you watch the show, you know I, I generally don't talk about prices. I've actually put a, a ticker tape up on the screen as well. So if you just go to jvhifi.com.au and search for Tomzon, T-O-M-Z-O-N, or others, I'll put the whole URL up. Um, but last time I checked, I think it was selling for about $86. So as I said at the beginning of the show, right, it's, it's really a good little stocking stuffer. Um, maybe you've got someone like me in your life that's, you know, he's a techie, he's got all the toys, probably doesn't have something like this. Um, it's not something I've owned before. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, 86 bucks, JB Hi-Fi, just in time for Christmas. Maybe, as I said, even Secret Santas. Like, it's just really, it's a great little toy, and it's something that everyone can do. So you don't have to be an expert. Um, had a lot of fun playing with it. Um, yeah, so go and check it out. And um, that would probably then take us, I suppose, to the end of uh, Things with a Z. So for tech news um, this week, I kind of wanted to look back at the year and just wax lyrical a little bit. I mean, it's my show, so I can do what I want. But the thinking was, I didn't actually look at the news this week. Like, the news the news has kind of been going towards that whole Christmas spread. And, you know, you, there's not really big announcements coming up. The big one is CES. I do remember having doing this show last year and going, Next year, I'm going to CES. Well, it's next year, and I'm not going to CES. So next year, I'm going to CES. Um, but for now, I think that's where a lot of the tech companies are focused. If you don't know what CES is, I always do a show and a recap of it. It's the Consumer Electronics Show. It's been going forever, but for the last probably 15 years, it's been very mobile and computer and robotics focused, as opposed to just electronics. In the early days when the show started, like fridges, TVs, that kind of stuff. They're still TVs. 
still fridges as well, smart fridges. Um, it's in Vegas. I think it's over three days, like just after New Year's Day. Um, so a lot of the guys are looking at that. So I thought, let's just do a quick show in review. Um, and what have we got here? So, um, yeah. So for me, it's been a big year. But for me, um, I think the biggest thing was AR, personally. Uh, it has lots of ups and downs, uh, but I really do think that OpenAI's ChatGPT really changed the landscape of technology this year. Um, you know, AI is not something we should fear and we should actually embrace. Uh, in fact, um, Professor Richard Baldwin at the Geneva Graduate Institute, I thought it was a TED Talk that he did this one, but, but anyway, um, he actually said, AI won't take your job. It's someone using AI that will. And that's quite a profound statement because if you think about it, like even when the Industrial Revolution started, right, um, and the steam engines, that everyone's like, oh, I lose my job, and people did lose their jobs. But then they got other jobs using technology that supported the steam engine. Same for the printing press. Same for when computers came out. Um, this is no different. Open AI or, or AI as a whole, it is going to cost some people their jobs. But people that know how to use AI are going to be able to get jobs. And there's jobs that don't exist. Um, don't, so don't fear it. Like embrace it, learn it. Um, I, I, I was asked this question the other day, what do I think about AI in the education side of things, so like schools and university? I'm a big fan. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do your work and just you know go write a prompt and, and get it to generate a 2,000-word document that you hand in. You're not learning anything. What you're doing is actually showing people you're stupid because um, anyone can do that. But I think that if we learn how to use AI and if we respect AI, I think that's the key. That's the message I wanted to take away from talking about AI. If we learn how to respect AI and use it properly, I think it's going to do us a lot more good than it is going to do us bad. Um, so, yeah, that's the that would be the takeaway that I have for, for that from AI. Right, what's next? Oh. So I'm actually wearing my shirt today with a Twitter logo on. Um, for those that are listening, I've got a slide up with a with the bluebird and on a headstone, rest in peace. The demise of Twitter is 2023. Now I love Twitter, or I should say I loved Twitter because it's not called Twitter anymore. And I refuse to call it X. It's Twitter. Um, I was certified in training people how to use Twitter. Um, as I said, I had my shirt. I even my water bottle. Look. My water bottle's got the same badge that I have on my shirt, the Twitter flight school. So um, I do admire Elon. Sometimes I would probably say even I respect him. But in this case, he got it wrong. Um, happy for him to prove me otherwise. Uh, but I really do think he got it wrong. I think what he's done to Twitter and the name change. I mean, he even got up the other day and said, if the advertisers. This is a social network that makes its revenue from advertising. And you get up in a public forum and go, if the advertisers, they want to take their money away. In front of the new CEO who you've just pulled from a really good job, I'd hate to be in her shoes, right? She must be sitting there going, oh, my God, what did I do? Anyway, so, um, yeah, basically, um, Twitter died in 2023. Um, we are going to see something replace it in 24. It won't be X. Um, I really don't, you know, Elon's got this fascination about payments and social and all that all coming together in one world. Maybe that's his, his global plan. He's going to finally learn his X dot launches X.com, which is what he always wanted, which was always going to be a hybrid between PayPal and, um, social network. 
who knows? Uh, look, he's the richest man in the world for a reason, right? So it doesn't matter what I think. Um, personally, as I said, I think he made a mistake, but it's not up to me. Um, yeah, FTX. So FTX uh, is probably one of the largest cryptocurrencies exchanges in the world, and it collapsed in a matter of days. Um, that's been the news at the moment is the whole case with um, Sam Binkin, Freudian Smith, whatever his name is. I don't know. He's not worth remembering. He's going to jail for the rest of his life. He's an idiot. But basically, the, the, the tech suffered here, right? The technology world suffered here. Cryptocurrency suffered. The whole concept of DeFi and, you know, working within tokens of cryptocurrency took a, took a big step backwards because of what this idiot did. Um, so, yeah, we, we <laughs> had a really big warped experience inside uh, crypto this year. Um, cyber breaches. So our cyber breaches this year globally were on a massive scale. I mean, here in Australia, our, well, our telcos, I mean, they might say it for something else, but let's be honest, it's probably something else. Um, medical companies, um, logistics companies, so many people were victims of cyber breaches. And I think the lesson that we need to learn going into 2024 is vigilance and protection. Um, you know, spending money on cybersecurity is not a waste of money. On that same note, the cybersecurity vendors out there, you kind of need to come to the party as well, right? You can't be like the pharmaceutical industry where you charge in, insane amounts of money for drugs that, that people need but can't afford, so they're going to die anyway. Um, so here's the thing, right? If all of our companies get hit by cyber attacks and no one can earn any money anymore because they've all been locked down, you're not going to get paid anyway. So rather go for helping all the companies to ensure that they're all safe, so that they earn money and they pay you, than just charging up some money to protect some of the companies. Um, I think the other the other lesson in cybersecurity is it's a people issue. So you know, chat to your staff, chat to your team, um, make sure that they across good practices, log out of your systems at the end of the day. Um, you know. Uh, don't leave machines on, don't leave key cards on, don't use your birth date or your pet's name for your password. There's like so many don'ts to do that you could really avoid a cyber breach. Uh, but I, I, unfortunately, I, I'm going to predict 24 is probably going to see an increase, not a decrease. And um, yeah, for any company of, of decent size, and actually now in Australia, it's law that if you are a victim of a cyber attack as a company, you do have to disclose it to the ATO or the, or the commission. I'm not sure who the, the governing body is in that regard, um, which means that if you're a public company uh, and you have to acknowledge the fact that you've got a cyber breach, you're going to have a loss in shares value. So let's just be vigilant out there. Electric cars. I think electric cars really became mainstream in 2023. So why is this on the technology show? Well, it's an electric car, dummy. I mean, it's, it uses electricity and power and screens. Um, now, I was having a go at Elon earlier, but if you know what he did with Tesla definitely changed the, sh the face of the automotive industry. Um, all the dominant uh, manufacturers have committed to EVs. I think it was Volvo that said they will not make another petrol vehicle, trucks, um, cars, SUVs, etc., all be electric moving forward. So they're here to stay. Um, <clears throat> I love the electric cars. I'm still just not sold on the charging time that it takes. So if you want to do a long-distance trip, 
you know, even if your range is 500Ks. So if I live in the Gold Coast. Sydney's a nine-hour drive away. I'm never going to make it there one charge. I don't feel like sitting at a supercharger for 40 minutes or an hour, whatever it is, if I can find one and or I can access one. Whereas all the way down, there's lots of servos, as we call them here, gas stations, petrol stations. Um, I can stop in. I can be in, out, paid, etc., within 10 minutes. So that's something that the EV world has to work on. Um, there's been talks about swapping out batteries and and you know highways charging the cars while they drive. These are all great, but it's not going to happen in 2024. So it's good to see that the EVs are there. I also read some interesting articles about what's actually involved from an energy point of view um, to make lithium batteries and that, which was quite interesting. In fact, it was uh, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. He wrote an article about um, why he he's going to hold on to his petrol car um, because of this. And what we're trying to do for the environment is actually more detrimental. So I think it still needs to find its place. They're not going anywhere. Um, I think in Q3 in Australia this year, EVs actually outsold petrol cars. Um, so it's clearly it's here. The governments are committing billions of dollars to put infrastructure in place to charge. So let's see how it goes into 24, but I do believe this is the future of cars. Um, ah, so Microsoft finally acquired Activision Blizzard in a just short of 70 billion US dollar deal. So it's like a hundred billion dollars Australian, uh, insane amount of money. Um, I don't know why they had to go through so much pain and anti-corruption and anti-competitive than that. I think the EU is just full of it. Um, it makes sense. Most games are played on PCs and or Xbox. Um, yes, Sony as well, and Microsoft doesn't own Sony. But as I said, most games are played on PC, and PC is Windows. There is nothing else. Um, as much as it kills me, Although the Mac's hardware is far superior to any PC out there. I'm going to look at the chat column now. Just he pauses for a second, waits for hate. No, not yet. Okay. Um, I'll say it again. The Mac hardware is far superior to any PC out there. Unfortunately, the games just don't run. So there's nothing we can do about it. Um, you've got to play on a PC. In fact, my entire house is Apple, but in my son's room is a big, massive gaming machine. And our console is actually Xbox. So we've gone Microsoft. We've gone that route. Um, I think the big thing was Sony was concerned that they would hold back some of the titles that are available on PlayStation. They're a business. Why would they do that? Like that's just stupid. Maybe they'll do a pre-launch on 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 Xbox, but you know there are enough PlayStation players out there to warrant Microsoft, who are a greedy business, selling software to to PlayStation people. So, and and it's not in the it's not in the game developers' interest either. You know, these guys are creating games to be played and enjoyed not limited to a few. So I'm glad that's over. Um, it, it's a great way to end off the year for Microsoft as well and for gaming as a whole because it was just it was really a painful exercise watching the on-off, on-off deal. Um, probably a nice segue into uh, Are You Game? So let's uh, wrap it up there and move into Are You Game? So um, I actually didn't play anything this last week. Well, I was playing with my drone. Um that counts. It, it, I, had a, I had a controller in my hand, so that definitely counts. But I actually followed the Celeros race. I'm going to spell that for you for people that are, are, are listening to the show. Celeros is spelled like celery, C-E-L-E-R-O-S, Celeros. Um, if you're not familiar with Celeros, that's fine because it's pretty damn new and still coming out of like alpha beta. 
it's actually a flying car simulator race, which is based on the airspeeder. Now, the airspeeder is a flying car. It's, so it looks just like my little drone. It's got four um, road blades on the corners, and you sit in and you drive like it's set up like a car, but it flies like a drone. So airspeeder will be doing racing, I think, in 24. And Celeros is basically the simulator um, for these flying cars, because not everyone owns a flying car yet. Don't think anyone owns a flying car yet. Anyway, so that was what the whole game of Celeros was done by Saltwater Games, very involved in DeFi tokenization, um, you know, NFTs. So quite a nice play into the whole um, Web3. Um, so yeah, check out Celeros.gg or even saltwatergames.com. You'll find more information there. They've just had a race now, That's and that's why I wasn't playing. I was actually watching and seeing how it goes. I was going to try and fly myself, but I just didn't manage to get it all set up in time um, and join the race. But they even had cash prizes for a, a startup race, so worth checking out. If you're into drone racing or things like that, go and have a look-see. This is something of the future. Uh, but I'm sure we're going to see some great things coming out of that studio into 2024 and beyond. So that takes me to the end of... Uh, are you game? And um, just down to, oh, I've got some pretty pictures for those that are looking. I actually forgot to click through. So there's some screenshots there. You can see what the flying car looks like. There's a there's a better view of it. So as I said, it's got these four quadcopter. It's a quadcopter. They actually rotate forward to, to drive you forward and pull you back. Um, and yeah, you can go and play the games. There's a few different tracks. So as far as I know, it's a free to play. You do need to connect your wallet. It is crypto-based. You play through a platform called Hyper. Oh, it got me on this one. Hyper. No, it's not HyperX. It's like Hyper Trade or Hyper Games or something like that. Ah, I'll tell you right now because I have it. I've downloaded it. Um, Hyper. And there are other games as well. Hyper Play. Duh. So use Hyper Play. It's not in Steam or Epic. And um, you link your wallet. And you can, I think, earn or trade in Ethereum to buy skins and so on inside the game. And, and there's, there's other Web3 games inside Hyper Play as well. So, yeah, go and have a look-see. Um, very cool. Very, very cool. Nice guys behind the project as well. Um, so that takes us to the end of that. Right. Q&A. Um, where are we? Uh, oh, so I'm going to do this one because, well, it's probably a little bit of a cop-out as well because it's going to end of the year, I'm a little bit lazy. But... The question that came through is, what's my big tech big tech prediction for 2024? Now, I kind of mentioned a couple of things going through my year in review. That's why I chose this question. As I said, being a little bit lazy. Um, but I just want to say from the start, I'm not a futurist, and I actually don't like that term. Um, a futurist is a 50-50 guess. You can go to a casino and be a futurist. You're either going to bet on red or black, and you're going to – well, there's green as well, I suppose. It changes your odds. But take any of the card games. You're either going to win or you're going to lose. So being a futurist means you're going to either get it right uh, or you're going to get it wrong. If you get it right, you're going to brag about it. If you get it wrong, you're going to go, ah, well, the world just wasn't ready for it yet. So I'm not a futurist. Uh, but back to the question, I think I think the easiest way to answer this actually it's it's two ways, right? First of all, we've got CES around the corner, and that's what I was saying when I said I mentioned the show a bit earlier. Um, that's kind of where the big tech companies – share their, their, their pipeline, like what they're going to be working on. They show some of the innovation. It's like a little 
honeypot for futurists because they can go there and look at all this stuff and go, oh, we're going to see a rolling phone. I predict we're going to see a rolling screen phone. And lo and behold, you see a rolling screen phone come out as another show that's just demoing tech. Um, but CS is always a good way of getting a view into one, what existing established companies will be launching in 24, um, no guesswork, as well as the way they're thinking and the innovation behind it. And then there's always a, a really nice mix of independent companies that have got some insane stuff that comes out. Uh, in fact, I think the Flying Taxi was first debuted at a CES. Now we're talking about flying cars. Flying Taxis, uh, Diddy and Uber are already investing in, I think, China, Hong Kong rather, or Singapore is going to be testing them 2024, or you can take a flight in one of them. So that would be the good thing. Um, but if you are going to put me on the spot and you want me to give you a prediction, I actually think that the software space is what we're going to see in 2024. You know, hardware, it, it's always predictable, right? You get a flip phone, you get a fold phone, you get a fold phone that scrolls, a fold phone that does increase. Still a fold phone, had it for a while. Um, pick up your phone that you're using now. How different is it to the phone you used five years ago? You know, maybe the camera's a bit better, whatever, still a phone. So I reckon that we'll see software in 2024. And what I mean by that more is like the integration or acceptance of AR. Like we'll see how that integrates into tech, how tech becomes smarter because of algorithms and, and artificial intelligence. I think we'll start to see, we're already seeing more specialized AR people. If you want to do a book, use this one. If you want to do images, use that one. I think we're going to see even more of that where people are going to sit down and go, hmm, cooking, that makes sense for AR. Let's do it. Um, personal trainers using AR. So maybe with mirrors that can see you and then through camera technology, the algorithms can see if you're working correctly or how to adjust your movements. So yeah, that would be my prediction is that we're going to, um, we're going to see a lot more software and software as a service um, all backed by artificial intelligence. Microsoft made that very clear with Copilot and Bing. Um, the fact that they've made that available for Macs as well shows you that they're trying to get that whole cross-platform thing going that I'm talking about. Google launched Bard um, a, a couple of weeks ago or months, a month or so ago. Um, I love Bard. I think Bard is, for me, is actually nice. And then ChatGPT, um, I get a bit more of a humanistic touch to it. Um, and I've seen some really cool stuff in the imaging side of things as well. In fact, I just made a T-shirt where I did an on-demand print T-shirt with something that was generated using um, AR. I'll actually wear that shirt on one of the shows next year, and I'll show you if it comes up the way I wanted it. Um, but, yeah, so that's my call. To ever ask the question, I would say we, we're going to see a really big software year next year. Um, I do also think that esports is going to get a resurgence. We've had a really bad six months. Like, it's, it's dipped down. What's going on in Saudi Arabia um, is super encouraging. The kingdom spending a fortune on um, on esports and gaming, so yeah, that uh, would be my prediction. Now, as this is uh, the 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 last show of the year, I just want to thank you for supporting me, listening, showing up each week, or letting me show up on your screen each week. Um, I do hope that you continue with with me on this journey next year. Um, and yeah, just I wish uh, I wish you and your family a safe and blessed festive season and. Uh, Suppose uh, until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Here's to 24.